Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday. And it's so nice that we're doing this on the Friday. You know, sometimes I know we we do this a little bit early on in the week, but this is so fitting for today's episode. I, I didn't even think about that until you just said Friday. And right. I'm like, oh, isn't that funny how that synchronicity kind of unfolds for us right now? It does. And then Daniel just told me that when he was looking through his notes, he was writing new notes on previous notes of the same correlating topic that we'll bring up today, which is which is Venus, which today we'll be doing an introduction or just like a brief introduction, I should say, um, of Lucifer. And I know we said this last week, we'd kind of jump back into the Bible, but there's so much to cover with Lucifer and, and this kind of helps us sort of jumpstart the 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 episodes that are that are going to be coming in the near future with Gnosticism, the Book of Isaiah, and also uh, the Book of Enoch. So these are things that we haven't really broken down or even like taken a deep dive into. So right. Lucifer is sort of a topic that um, you know intermingles with all all of what I just said, and also beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so I think today what we'll do is we'll start with a brief. Um, you know, sort of breakdown of, of just how this character in the, as far as like Christianity goes in the stories of Christianity was sort of misinterpreted for what, what, you know, people associate the devil with and how that's kind of two different things going on here. And really it's just a mistranslation. I actually found a really cool video by uh, shout out to this guy, uh, Ocho Lega. I don't know if you've seen his videos, but he does like a quick summary of of Lucifer. I'm sure if you look it up on on the tube, you'll be able to find um, what he kind of describes. But he sort of does a quick um, breakdown on the trans the mistranslation of the of the word Lucifer when it was translated to Latin, mm-hmm. you know. And so we'll kind of start there. So. You know, the light bringer, you know, why is the light bringer seen uh, or personified as this evil entity that we've talked about before in the Bible, you heard about in the Bible and how we can separate the two and, you know, the name Morningstar, you know, the planet Venus, all of these things that people will will end up finding if they end up, um, you know, researching Lucifer. And there's there's definitely a lot of different interpretations from philosophers that I've seen about the character of Lucifer, but we won't go there just yet. So let's just, uh, let's kick it off. Yeah, no, great introduction, man. Bringing up the, again, we're going to kind of cross paths with what happens when, you know, sacred texts are translated from that natural language that it was spoken in, which would be in this, the Old Testament. So it would be Hebrew. Hebrew, yeah. And so this translation from the Hebrew to Latin is going to kind of cause some misdirection. And really what it's going to do is it's going to almost make something absolute that's not absolute. Right. Um, And so this idea of Lucifer and the devil, well, if you utilize Lucifer energies in this selfish ways that we're going to kind of talk about, it will turn into your devil right. and it will be your demons. Uh, but this Lucifer energy also doesn't have to be expressed that way. And so we almost have this classically in Christianity, especially exoteric Christianity, we kind of have this definition definition of Lucifer as very absolute as, oh, that is the opposer to God and the son of God. And we're going to see today that that's not really the case, nor is it the story of of Lucifer. Um, but also, how this idea is really kind of transformed and evolved, and even how the Gnostics approach to Lucifer is a little bit different than how modern Gnostics approach Lucifer. And mm. Lucifer is really going to be this great lesson into kind of this new age that we're coming to, and how we can actually utilize this Luciferian energy for more of the aspect of light work, rather than becoming our own demons and our own devils. Right. And so the, it's a it's a great responsibility that's going to kind of come with this understanding, um, but we really kind of have to kind of come back to where all this energy kind of comes from. And like you said, the root kind of comes from this translation 
because it was really in discussion to the king of Babylon, Babylon during the book of Isaiah, right? Where they talk about you know the morning saw or how you have fallen, and yeah, how this the is, mighty have fallen. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, and this is the story of Lucifer. This right. is a great way of burning ourselves up with our own desire and our own selfish desire, and so. Really, this unique thing about Lucifer is it's really going to kind of give us a better understanding of the will, of natural law, and how natural law is goes unnoticed as long as the law is not being broken. And then we're going to see what happens when natural law gets broken. Um, and we really kind of start to perceive the multiple voices of God. Right. And we kind of have to hear the voice we need to hear. And a lot of the times we pull out that anger, and that's kind of what's playing through. Um, but to kind of start off this conversation, man, because I love how this is where you kind of went for, was this idea of Venus as the morning star, even physically. So do you want to want to explain that experience of how Venus even interacts with the, the sunrise in the morning? You mean how it falls? How it falls and how it's the first to shine. Right. Right. And like kind of allegorically, you know, just from the surface, what does that mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like what connection are we making here? Um, and how does this connect to the story of Lucifer, of this this beautiful angel who kind of looks at himself and really makes this idea of, I can do it better. Right. Right. And what, how do we even face that experience in our lives and where that kind of comes up? Right. Um, and do I think, think that's a go yeah. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to ask, do you think, because you just said, you know, to, to enter to intermix the, the idea of Venus and with the fallen angel, but the way how it works with, with the rise in the morning and and how this sort of interacts. Do you think that's how it all got, besides the mistranslation, it just sort of kind of kept going down that path? Because obviously we didn't say this in the very beginning, but people know the story of the devil or Lucifer or Satan as the fallen angel who's the most beautiful of the angels who defies God. Right. And then I think, I don't even think God gets involved in the fight with Lucifer. I think he sends Michael. Well, He's kind of like, I, I'm going to show you like how much more powerful some of the other angels are here right. in this in this case and against your demons, and we're going to cast you down into mm-hmm. into hell, into hell uh, down below. Um, do you think just that right there with the fallen angel, they just kind of kept running with the idea of Venus, you know, with... Yeah, well, you know, what's kind of funny, too, is because, like, again, Lucifer is seen by the Greeks as Venus, but Lucifer was kind of represented by the Romans as Mars. Mm. And if we think about that planetary energy, we're not really just breaking down with the story of Lucifer. It's not just Venus. Right. Mars has its way in there, too. And if you remember back to our very early episodes on the planetary energies, you use... Venus to direct that Mars energy. And so this is really kind of about the harmony. And Venus is all about harmony. So this is how you kind of harmonize all these astrological aspects in your life, okay, as well as to put them into motion for the ends of universal creation. Right. And so, you know, even esoterically, Lucifer, when he's spoken about, is Venus, but also deeply understood that this is Mars energy, too. It's a bigger than just one astrological significance here. Um, And so that story of Venus trying to shine brighter than the sun and shining in front of the sun is also kind of that same story of flying too close to the sun and burning your wings, right? And this is the idea of kind of just... um, you know, arrogance, right? This idea of like, oh, I'm better, I can do this, and that's actually the story we're deeply approaching here. And so, Jacob Bamey, the the German mystic, um, who was a shoemaker, right? Not anybody who was spiritually trained, but really gave us some of the deepest mystical insight. Um, you know, Milton's Paradise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Paradise Lost is going to really kind of give some, and then Faust with that that beautiful play, right? That's all going to kind of give us right. some significance of this. But deep down in the story, the story goes that Lucifer approaches God right. and asks for some deep wisdom, asks for insight. And he's responded with the voice of a small child, and it's very gentle, and it's very pleasant. And on encountering this voice of the child, Lucifer reflects, and he reflects about the entire universe. And his insight comes that's like, how can a child run this entire thing? There's too much complexity here. I, I, the child can't handle this. This world is too complex. I need to step in. And the moment he does that, 
the heavens erupt and we feel carnage, we feel the flood, we feel the the apocalypse that we're going to read about in Enoch. Right. And what this is entailing is the aspects that Lucifer is this harmo- is the harmonizing of natural law in your life. Okay? And it's when we put ourselves in the ruler position in that king that we lose touch of natural law. And the thing about natural law and these codes that we want to live by is you don't understand, you don't perceive natural law when you're in alignment with it because it's peace, it's harmony, it's bliss, it's what we're trying to obtain. Right. The the negative expression of this is what happens when we disobey this. And this is the rebellion in heaven. And this is what we're talking about. Archangel Michael isn't physically happening. This is natural law rebalancing out the system. So natural law is going to be this huge force that we're talking about. And this is why Luciferians are so powerful, okay? In the spiritual communities and even outside um, in other realms, okay? This is why Lucifer also gets a bad name. When people you talk to about like the current situation, a lot of them they'll be like, oh, it's a Luciferian agenda. Well, it is a Luciferian agenda, but it's more of a dark Luciferian agenda. Right. There would be a counterbalance to this. Lucifer is really this tool of harmonizing natural law with yourself. But- what we find is when we disobey natural law and we go against the creation and the unfoldment of creation, that's when we feel this pain. That's when we feel these floods. That's when we, we fall down to our knees um, and the universe is too much to bear. But it, the whole story is about realigning to these natural principles, like we've spoke about, like the law of polarity, the law of vibration, the law of cause and effect, those hermetic principles, which are very much the pillars of what this universe is built upon. Mm-hmm. And it's when we are not in alignment with those that St. Michael has put out to just balance them out. And there's no, remember these natural principles work like natural, um, they work just like gravity. Right, gravity doesn't care if you understand about gravity; it's still going to affect you the same way. Right, like if there is say like a really arrogant MMA fighter, and a, there's a pay per view fight against him versus a baby, the baby's not going to win because he's more pure and he's got a better head on his shoulders than this arrogant MMA fighter. Right, purity has no say in this. Right, right. It's because it's just like the natural law, and so what we're kind of um, what we're kind of going up against here is Luciferianism and the understanding of Lucifer is a deep understanding of these natural laws. So you can go with the stream on this and not feel as much resistance as when we try to become our own gods. You know, it's it's the same thing of this connection with Venus and the mirror. You know, right. what do you use the mirror for? Is it used for vanity and to just glaze at yourself at how beautiful you are? Or do you use that mirror for self-reflection? And that's, again, where this kind of this story of Lucifer is kind of a good starting point, because just like everything else in this esoteric literature that we find, it's really our free will decision, decisions within this energy that's going to decide if we're going to create an angel or a demon. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. The energies that, you know, that we talked about before with, with regards to Venus does have to do with aesthetics and and just sort of that feminine uh, influence of just sort of, um, you know, it imparts knowledge and love and wisdom. However, you know, when, like you just said, I love your analogy in regards to the mirror. It's like, is it self-reflection or are you just sort of lost in your own reflection just for vanity purposes that don't really allow for growth? And that's where sort of like, you know, the story will, will be found in other examples from movies. And we've mentioned before with regards to Lucifer, it's not necessarily the bad guy as people want to put it so simple um but it's the energy that's being used and the thing that's being neglected um that sort of gives shine to that character that people kind of don't really understand you know what i'm saying yeah no absolutely man and i think the story of lucifer and the fall of lucifer is the idea of you know man taking over the universe because god did not seem big enough to handle the job right and how important and how applicable is that what we're seeing in our shared reality right now. Right. You know, the, even the, the replacing of, you know, like even how, when we kind of say this Luciferian idea is because we are kind of even approaching balancing nature with science right now. Like the idea of like, Oh, the ozone's thinning. So let's spray these chemicals that we know nothing about into the ozone. 
Well, like if we follow the Luciferian agenda on that, that's going to come back negatively on us, right? Because the the universe has its own balance and you want to just kind of strengthen its own almost internal immune system of the earth, you know, and that's how you would kind of take it through that transformation rather than kind of giving it a Band-Aid kind of approach. Right. Um, and so we, we kind of find ourselves in this idea of man has really taken over the role of governing the universe. Um and we're seeing that even in society with like this movement away from any kind of spiritual foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, Nietzsche wrote, talked about it a lot with the death of God in his publication on that, how we were moving away from the metaphysical principles that kind of binded Western and Eastern society. And we've seen the demise of those since. And this is a great story of like Lucifer, because this is what happens when that disharmony is... Um, is enhanced. And this is what happens when we kind of feel these ramifications of this disobedience and just not living in, you know, alignment with nature because this Lucifer is is self-willed and this was needed. And remember that this is your story, right? You fell and this is part of your fall. And it's part of your fall of, you know, even being able to understand why the things that happened to us happened to us, you know, like this is a very deeper, deeper connection. Um, and it shows that there's this is the only entrance in and this is the this is the voice the natural voice of god is this child right okay there's a reason why when you think about your childhood really really deeply and you almost think about your internal voice it almost pulls a lot of people even like grown individuals to almost shed a tear because what you're connecting to is that voice of the child is the voice of God. Cause right. that's how God speaks to you. He only screams at, you know, it only, we only perceive it as yelling when we violate these natural laws. Okay. And that's going to be, again, why we kind of go through this, this whole esoteric practice. Um, but the self-willing of Lucifer is very powerful as well. Right. You know, we are not here just for oneness. Oneness is where we came from. So if if it's just about wellness at the end, oneness at the end, then this whole thing doesn't have any experience. There's no significance to this conscious experience that we're living. Well, that's not the case. We are we are the permutation of this idea of what God wants, and that's what we're manifesting to, and that's what we're in this shared experience progressing through. Well, every individual work person has an individual job that they're trained for through their past experiences, Mm -hmm. their astrological energy, their environment, and their family. All of these are compounded together to create and mold the individuals that God has in mind. Okay, And so this self-willed aspect of Lucifer is needed. It's needed to, you know, to face the, to face off against time. Right. It's it's needed to be able to understand that I am got a limited time in this body, but I'm going to make the most of it. Okay, um, and so it's really this almost this this balancing of fire and ice. Yeah, you want to find the wisdom within, the wisdom without. Yes, absolutely. And this is the crucifixion because you're actually crucified kind of between Satan, which would be Saturn on one side, right. and then Mer- Mars and Mercury on the right side, and we're kind of right in the middle. And you don't want to be cold and um icy with too much Saturn because then you can't move and you almost become crystallized, but you don't also want to burn up in your own flames, which would be right. too much that luciferian energy and so we're very much seeing in here the cosmic crucifixion that we are all entailed to and that we all carry this cross it's a balancing between the two but we need these polarities there just because of the idea of what we learned from the law of polarity you need a you need a positive for a negative we need to have that balance and it's going to be that balance in between that we're really going to be looking for um but these these allegories of what lucifer stands for and it stands for this individual who does have the self-will, and how do we align that will, right. which is that higher will, to the will of the universe? Because that's what this whole journey is about. It's not my will, it's thy will, you know? And so it's, it's we're really looking to pull that universal will, which is, I think we, we, did, we defined it in the very beginning of these conversations with the capital W, and then my will would be the lowercase w. Right. And it's this, this activation and this connection to really almost to pray that we are able to understand the piece we're supposed to play. Um, and that's kind of the path of the light magician, white magician, and that's the kind of the path of this light worker, which is the real the proper use of this Luciferian energy. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, accepting the consequences, you know, you, you, like you said, you free the free will, right? So free to act, but also, you know, accepting the consequences that come before um, 
the understanding of, of this energy that Luciferians uh, really understand. And it just, it's fascinating that this has all been so misinterpreted for so many years and now kind of has its own entity, which is funny because like, even in the book of Enoch, you know, uh, you have, you know, the book of Enoch doesn't make it into the Bible, but, um, you know, it's sort of the sort of like, uh, I was, I've, I've read or heard it be described as like a fan fiction almost. So it's just like an interesting thing that it's not, it's just so misinterpreted. And so I wish there would have been more of a, a background on, on this, uh, will to, to basically live within and without. And instead this is all sort of like, so I feel like we have to do like a lot of, it's kind of like an onion, man. We just have to like keep pulling back yeah. these layers of this one allegory that people I think have their mind fixated on sort of just put it in this and we'll probably cover Satan at some point, you know, we'll probably do for some, sure. Yeah. You know, so, so people can kind of be like, oh, okay, so this is what, you know, uh, the absence of God looks like in a way or why this is cold versus hot or the, you know, the absence of one over the other, but that's not what we're talking about here. If anything, we're talking about that sort of blend of those energies, but using it for, you know, not just like you were saying, um, becoming with the oneness, but also like for having that free will here on this physical realm to, to, not conquer and divide yourself, but sort of, um, you know, really explore what, uh, what this, what this light bringer energy can do for you. Yeah. And, you know, too, on the, the conversation too, about what's made it into the Bible, like the council of Nicaea was and the council of Rome that formulated the King James Bible was probably one of the most corrupt organizations that we've ever seen. And so, what they didn't leave in the Bible makes you really want to actually look at those more. And I think there's more in the book of Enoch, in the book of Thomas. I mean, they actually can historically validate their claims better than some of the books that did make they it did into make the Bible. It, yeah. And so, you know, again, that study, these lost books of the Old Testament, even the lost books of the New Testament, very important to look into because, again, they're they're restricting consciousness here. And if anything we know about early Catholicism in the Council of Nicaea, it was definitely a stranglehold on consciousness rather than um, an unfolding of it, which is the opposite of what a religious organization should do. So, right. you know, and that explains why the the situation that, that a lot of those organizations are kind of, um, kind of, kind of finding themselves in now and they're kind of having to reinvent themselves. And some are doing, a, I think, a much, much better job at that. Um, and so, you know, it's funny... It's funny when we talk about these evolution of ideas and these evolution of consciousness, because again, you know, Dante's Inferno kind of paints this picture of Lucifer Mm -hmm. for us. You know, he's talked about Milton's with Paradise Lost. And so we really have this unique definition that was given to Lucifer in the age of Pisces. Um, But also the true meaning of Lucifer was hidden. And like we said, it's kind of pushed into this idea of it's only expression of becoming a demon and how we kind of, you know, connect it with Satan. Um, But... It's funny when organizations move to smutter an idea and consciousness and how it reappears in the next astrological age. We think about the idea of them hiding of the feminine in the age of Pisces. And we do, we have the feminine completely hood. You know, the female aspect got removed, was replaced by the Holy Ghost. Um, and now we're having this this revitalization and this renaissance of this sacred feminine energy and it's coming out and it's pouring out. Well, the same could kind of be said for this Luciferian understanding and this Lucifer understanding of natural law. Um, You know, the, the, the will is being manifested, this higher will, the true will, you know, above vanity, using this mirror mirror for more of self-realization, you know, Um, we think about that, you know, like, just this idea of even reflecting on ourselves and how we see mirrors all the time. That was a special experience if you lived in the ancient world. You had to be very well off to use a mirror or you had to wait for astrological times, like maybe a full moon on a calm water evening and you could actually see your reflection, right? And that was, isn't that so interesting that the moon was the thing that would provide that aspect for you, right. which is the full moon, which we use for self-reflection. And again, these are patterns that we lost. What are these patterns? Oh, these patterns are natural law. This is what, when you live in alignment of, you don't notice. And that's the thing about natural law. When you live in alignment of it, you have no noticing of it. Mm. You only feel natural law when it's, when you go against it. 
okay? And we feel it as pain, and we feel it as um, shrinking, almost, of our spiritual selves. Um, and so these waters that we used to gaze at on maybe that pond or, um, you know, that any body of water where we would kind of cause reflection, this was meant for cycles, and you would reflect during that full moon, and you would use that natural law to understand that. Like, you know, this is how, um, you know, even thinking about the, the story of the Lion King, this is where Simba sees Mufasa. It's in those waters under a full moon, right? So again, the understanding of natural law, even beyond the principles of cause and effect, polarity, um, and all those other natural law principles, but even the aspects of the astrological energies that the moon provides and how I have a different sense of identity, a, system, a different ses- sense of relationship with my environment, kind of dependent and painted a little bit by the moon. This is natural law. This is understanding. This is understanding of going with these processes and actually going with the river rather than fighting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story of Lucifer is coming to us just in the time we need it. And it's kind of coming in this unique package that's kind of giving us this understanding of how to use Mars and Venus together correctly. Um, but it's also showing us that like, hey, this energy is out there and it's being used and it's kind of being used for nefarious means right now because right. these individuals understand how natural law works. And again, that's what the one eye symbolism means. When people always get really panicky when they see the one eye symbolism and they're like, oh no, that's whoever they want to call it. Um, that's like the powers to be. That's not the case. What they're showing you with that symbolism is they're aware of a force that has no feelings. It's like gravity. And so they and it's a natural law. And there are ver- the various natural laws. And they're in accordance to this. Yeah. And so the natural law kind of does their biddings. And that's all they're saying here. It's not an evil thing. That eye is not evil. It's just talking about there's a natural law that has no feelings. And it's just the motion of the universe. It's like when you wind up your pocket watch without a battery and it's like it's the whole portion and it's the whole wind up aspect of it that puts the whole universe into motion mm-hmm. and these laws are binding right you you cannot go against them without feeling pain you can't go against them without suffering and what we find out is all of this suffering is done because the voice of god has switched from a child and it's when we move away from that. We move away from that calmness. The only way to approach God is with dignity, dignity and humbleness. Right. And that's the only way he's going to really speak through, or it's going to really speak through. Um, and so this is the aspect, always approaching this aspect of creation with this gentle voice and a gentle voice or respond. But when we come in yelling of the things we want and the things we don't get, um, little do we know that the universe is trying to kind of provide us with what we need. Correct. Right? No, I like that you're saying that in the age that we're in right now, a lot of people can sort of, if they take a, the time to understand like what a Luciferian may or may not know, or sorry, may or may not live by our base principles or basic principles that people are sort of trying to alignment now, like being in the present moment. Like Luciferians believe strongly in being in the present moment, but also having understanding of what the ultimate goal is and, you know, the protection of the natural world. Right. right. I mean, so I feel like a lot of people are kind of like aligned with that right now, but not falling into these nefarious uh, tendencies, mm-hmm. hopefully not just yet. You know what I mean? But it is an energy that is not necessarily misunderstood, but understood only on one side. And right now, while you feel it internally, like the natural law that you're speaking of, um, it's when you're at peace that you understand that natural law. And that's what hasn't been muddled too much yet uh, within uh, until someone else sort of influences that. And then it kind of goes to wherever they want that energy to go to. So it's kind of an interesting time we're in right now with this definition of Lucifer and the energies at beat or to be, uh, out there right now. Um, with, with the way that people are sort of changing their outlook on life. So I feel like there's sort of an opportunity there to understand this energy that you're talking about. I know what you're saying, you know, even with the whole idea of the Illuminati and everything and the en- energy that people like are, are seeing with the Illuminati. The, <laughs> the, the what? Uh, people, people just don't really have a full understanding of it. So uh, for those who do, you know, again, they're, they're, they're just not neglecting the energy that, um, you know, you so much put it as like gravity, sort of this, this, this thing that's going to happen. Um, naturally you know naturally speaking but just or or sort of managing it 
to where it's not nefarious is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know? And you know, and too, I want to really clarify that I'm not, I'm not justifying any of these turd baskets either. Right. You know what I mean? Like these Well, turd, neither of they, us are. The only way we're going to flush it is by learning these schools and getting above the chessboard and becoming the chess masters as well. Right. And again, this is why they put the symbolism right in front of your face. Yeah. Like you're a nobody before this, like before they, they literally call you the dead. Like you're, you're a nobody. But when you undercover this, there's an acceptance that kind of happens there. Um, and you're able to approach it when you're able to kind of read the symbolism that's all right in front of us. You know, right. you just have to go to your post office and you can find a bunch of symbols. Um, and so, you know, this this Lucifer understanding is this this har- this harmonizing of these astrological energies. It's this, it's the understanding of how to really balance the will um and understand the higher will and kind of connecting it to this. Um and you know, it's really this um Lucifer can almost get again, it's got this idea of like worshiping oh, Satan. Right, right. It definitely has that, right? Um, and we'll kind of talk about how that that kind of plays in. Um, but there's just this aspect that, you know, again, the we can almost do it better than creation, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this aspect of you don't um you just you don't even understand we we kind of talk sometimes of like, oh, well, my mind always gets me in trouble. I can't trust my mind, right? Um, and you think about that, and Lucifer will kind of like, it can kind of empower that of like, oh, like I'm always, we almost can like really almost put light to even our faults kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but the interesting thing is, is like, what Lucifer kind of shows us too is like, you don't know everything that could have happened to you either. Right. And so Lucifer sometimes because of this self-willed, it can almost get us into this aspect of like this why me or getting aggressive and um, you know, jealous over aspects of people that they have. Um, but you know, the proper Lucifer really is gonna come around and be grateful for all experiences. And I know we talk about this quite a bit, but you don't think about this very often. You don't know what has not happened to you. Right. You only know the experiences you've actually been through. And so we sometimes we talk about like the trauma we've been and how our life has been so hard, but you don't know where you've made decisions that circumvented maybe the worst day of your life, or maybe it was the last day of your life and you circumvented them from even a decision or maybe listening to your intuition and you didn't even know you were. Right. You know? And so Lucifer really kind of makes us come around when we really start looking at it, this highest aspect, and just really understanding that it's a generative force. Um, it's a force that can be used for our own will, the creation of our will, and really the those um formation of the tools that we kind of um kind of need to do to carry on this journey. Um and so you know, it's it's always going to kind of be out there um and just be kind of part of this aspect of even how we react to experiences, good or bad. And it's really our relationship to those experiences that are going to be, that are going to really create the ends of whether that good fortune was a good thing or that bad fortune right. was a negative thing. Right. Because it can go kind of both ways. And it's it's really this Luciferian energy to be able to utilize that energy and kind of redirect it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a deep, it's like a, a very deep connection right there. Yeah, making the choice is is really where the fundamentals of that is, you know, rather than just sitting around and sort of theorizing or sort of thinking, um, you know, which way could this go? You're actually making a choice and, and using that energy for, you know, the unfoldment or for, in this case, your enlightenment, you know what I mean? Right. And that's why you have that. You have that opportunity from that morning star, you know, you have mm-hmm. that opportunity. Um so yeah, very interesting how, but it's, it's funny. Cause like we, you know, I know we don't go down too many rabbit holes and conspiracies here, but it's, it's so evident that, you know, what the Bible has hidden from, you know, individuals, uh, is just brushed off as like, just take this for what it is and, and on to the next one. Right. And so today with the introduction of Lucifer, you'll have probably a couple more or even more than that episodes regarding this story and how it's been sort of hidden um, from the understanding of of what this free will action can do with accordance to natural law. And I feel like the Bible has always known that. It's like, no, 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 just we'll leave you in fear. And an understanding like that, I mean, imagine if we were trying to, you know, have a, a say in this idea of Lucifer, you know, in the age of Pisces, it would have been just, you know, 
we would have been just hung. burnt at a stake. Yeah. Yeah. Have been like, you're trying to unfold what? Like, no, no, no. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but now what we see is if you try to unfold this Luciferian agenda in a light way, right. You can get hung right now. Right. You know, um, and that's challenge. It's like, Oh no, it's one way or the, it's either this, Well, we're having to do the undoing of the previous, you yeah. know, cycle. It's like, mm-hmm. people are just like, no, like you don't know what you're saying. It's like, no, well, you don't know. Right. And we find ourselves at a very interesting time. Right. And I really think, I mean, Again, that whole, that movie Nine had a lot of Luciferic um, principles to it. The movie Lucy, of course, with the name. Right. Um, we're going to see, we talked about the Dark Knight, and that's going to be a one that we're going to kind of break down. But this Luciferian energy is is very abundant. And again, we spoke about it early in the past, and we really don't cover too much about the um, this kind of element of, of our studies too much on this podcast. But, you know, it's even when people kind of look at it as like, oh, Satanists run the world. Uh, it's very much not the case. It right. would be more dark Luciferians are running the world, and they kind of get Satanists to do their means for them. And it's really kind of interesting that Satanists are actually very manipulated by Luciferians. And dark Luciferians actually won't push their own agenda. They push the Satanistic agenda. Um, and it's, again, it's to kind of get us confused, to get us off the path, right. to get us only about our will, to pill us a certain way that we cut off our emotions or we maybe learn to hate the opposite sex because we see that happening or, you know, whatever it is. But there's all this kind of generation to kind of bring this apart. And really this Lucifer energy um, and this light bearer is is one of the big understandings of this generation of what we need to do. Because, you know, the bearer of light, there's nothing negative about this. Just mm-hmm. as, you know, we, we didn't even... Um, I connect this back to its its ancient um, roots, you know, where it even mythology comes from. But this is the taking the fire of the gods to share with man, and Lucifer gets punished for this. Um, and so, but what does that mean, and why? Where does this come in, and when does this light bear, bearer get negative? And that's going to be something we kind of look at. It's it's only when the light bearer actually turns his light to creation and creates a shadow. And that's actually this dark energy we're talking about. When we say dark magic, we're not talking about using the left-hand path of the Kabbalah, because you use the left-hand path, which is kind of the dark path, and then the light path, which is the right-hand path. But you use both of them in conjunction, and ceremonial magic, the Kabbalah, um, all esoteric studies understand the aspect of the dark side and the light side, but in the purity of the dark being the womb of the light. Okay, when we talk about dark Luciferians, we're not talking about people who are using the left-hand path of the Kabbalah. We're talking about individuals who are using the light of creation to turn their back on creation and create their own universe with their own shadows, right? right? And these are where our demons live. And we we kind of get led to do this without... Um, being really guided on what's happening. And a lot of the times our spiritual progress is just actually turning back around to see the light and not realizing that we actually turned our back to this at some point in life and created this little universe that what Lucifer's told us is never truly going to survive because at one point it's going to crumble and be like sand through the hands. Right? Well said. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm no, just, I love it. Sometimes I'm, we get lost in each other's eyes. I'm captivated like... by what you're saying just because, yeah, I mean, it's, again, I mean, we should have probably started this episode with more of an understanding of the Luciferian, a definition of what a Luciferian is. And you can find it on various, obviously, websites, and you can go ahead and look at f- a few different authors have a good way of just sort of summing up what, what Daniel's saying in regards to this energy and this work that's being done and how it's being done. I mean, I even understand, I don't think people understand what role some of these uh, characters in, in pop culture have played as Luciferian energy, you know, and the right. directors that have made those um, those pieces of work like uh, Christopher Nolan and and so and so many others, or even just like the role of the role of of just individuals that you'll find in in these stories that are playing this this between these two energies. And so, I think that as we unfold this Luciferian energy, or under, or this understanding, I'm sorry of the of the Luciferian approach, you'll kind of see the correlation of what why we brought those characters into into um these these conversations because you know i think even like uh in the harry potter series uh i remember hearing about um 
Professor Snape just sort right. of making, you know, being the one who's and, trying to be the light bearer, but he also has the understanding of the carnage that will be lost and, and, and the pain and suffering that will come from the sacrifice that he has to make in order to bring the light. You know what yes. I mean? And that's what Luciferians really have an understanding of. Yeah. And there's yeah. almost this, and you know, and especially when we're approaching that too, it's... It's so interesting, man, because we just say this word Gnosticism all the time, and we still haven't approached that. And that actually might have been where we should have started this conversation, but that will come up. And this is another sect of Christianity that grew up right around the same of Catholicism. Catholicism, again, is more St. Peter, and um, Gnosticism was more concentrated on St. Paul. Um, But this Gnostic understanding of Lucifer is kind of really where we're coming through. And they see Lucifer as the snake in the Garden of Eden, that, you know, frees them from those restrictions. Because they, the Gnostics kind of have a different view of the so-called, what they said, God of Eden, where they have a a different viewpoint of what that God is. And they they feel that that God was actually mistaken, and that there's a deeper energy beyond that. um, Because they're like, well, our God wouldn't be jealous or anything like this. And so there's, again, it's much deeper than that explanation I just gave. And I'm sure some Gnostics are just like, trying not to like, you know, just be like hurl because of that, that definition I just gave. But roughly, that's what we're kind of looking at. And so there's this, there's this, um, rescue of Lucifer that almost happens, almost like the Pinocchio rescuing his father from mm. the the belly of the whale kind of aspect. I mean, we almost have to go back and rescue what this this character is, because it's at this point, it's, um, it's suffering, because we have to kind of go and heal that and heal even our relationship to what it was. Right. So, and this is Prometheus. And this is that story of that bird that eats his ribs every day, you know, and it's actually pecking at him. And we have to kind of go and be grateful for the light that he shared. And you show in a responsible way that we can use that light, right? You see in the the movie, The Jungle Book, mm. right? He gets the fire and then he burns down the jungle with exactly. it. What is it? This is the story of Lucifer, because we can, with that fire, we can burn down our civilization. And it's it might be what's kind of happening right in front of our eyes, um, but again, it's it's because that energy is not being recognized, right? And it's this arrogance, and we're feeling the wrath because we're not approaching creation as the child, right? And as that soft voice that is going to give us the guidance that we need. Instead, we're trying to say, actually, you know what? You're not big enough for the job. Let us step in, and um, well we're seeing the ramifications of those actions exactly. in front of our eyes and it's in our confidence in us being the proper caretaker of this realm is diminishing by the moment i right. would say right yeah we're not uh we're not having a, a greater understanding of skepticism and it's hard it's going to be it's going to harm us more and more if we just really under, just you know cling on to an ideology and don't have a way to move forward and take action uh, with the under, the clear understanding of of this sort of um, this idea that I was saying with within skepticism, like yeah, knowledge is great, but also like just be aware, you know, mm-hmm. just be aware of of this of this duality at all times. And then again, I like the the thing that I take away from this conversation the most is when you're talking about natural law. I really appreciate you saying, you know, it's not so much that you go out and look for it and then sort of bang your head against the wall until you find. Um, the path, when you're on the path, you're at peace. And, right. Um, and I think that's something that we really need to sort of re- re-look at, you know, again and again, especially in the times that we're in right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. And, you know, to, you know, I think that starting the conversation of using this Venus and Mars together and how the heart has to guide the will. And the will plays such a huge aspect in this this age of Aquarius that we find ourselves in, but it has to be guided by the heart in the highest self of that heart. And then we're really going to use this emotion to power our motion, right? Because the emotion is just energy for the motion of our bodies. And our emotion, when we actually guide it correctly to the, you know, the collapsing of the waves of our higher self, we power the motion of our body and that heart's desire really kind of leads the way. Um, And we get that more generative force, that lost principle that we spoke about and um and further you know in past episodes right. you know and and two you know one thing that i don't know if it totally applies to what we're talking about but it came across in an occult book this week that i was reading um 
And it kind of comes with how we move forward and these patterns that we do. And just to always remember, an ounce of protection is worth a pound of cure. And if we can put these patterns in our lives to where we can, you know, look at our self-will, really reflect at ourselves in the mirror and see more a reflection rather than looking at it for um, beauty or lust, um, and really kind of understand ourselves from from this deeper aspect and really approach this idea of a light worker, right? You know, not being the creator of our own demons, but more taking this light and lighting the way for others. And that's what the ultimate light worker does. It finds the light and then it puts it up so it can be a guiding path for others, which is something that all of us find ourselves doing at this time. And we do, we share that light because that light is infinite and we, and there's no diminish in you bringing your lantern over to me to helping guide my way, nor would it be if you were in a stuff spot, exactly. right? It's, it's an, it's an, powerful force. Um, and we really are going to kind of connect with this with, again, a deeper understanding of these natural laws and an understanding of when we don't notice them, that's when we're in alignment with them. And when we're in peace, you know, that's what we're manifesting either. So let's just, this is the goal. This is the end. Let's, uh, let's really kind of take this approach and this kind of perspective moving forward. Um, but at least just this introduction, this was like a whisper of lucifer you know what i mean this was like a very whisper of it but i'm kind of excited to see where this foundation kind of takes us yeah i I encourage our listeners which you know i will do sometimes uh, as well as go back and uh if if you want to do some research on your own with some of the books that we've mentioned before from the kabbalion to like you know some of the readings from manly p hall to anything else that we've brought up or even going on the patreon account and seeing some of the um astrological um uh, breakdowns that Daniel has done, but, you know, start again with the episode on Venus, start again with the episode on Mars, and then sort of tie it all together with that generative force, because right, you can kind of principle. sort of, you can have those three with the lost principle, um, sort of guide you through this conversation that we had today on just sort of the very surface of, of the idea of Lucifer. But I think what we've done a good job is to separate. I think you had to find, you had to find a way to, to, separate and sever that idea that we've all um sort of dabbled with with the idea right. you know with with the fallen angel that we know of through through the christian fable story or the the you know the the idea of of this fallen angel that we all have you know heard of even if you weren't um a devout catholic or christian um so i'm really excited because we're getting to a place now where you know we're we've always taken the exoteric and then brought it into an understanding of its deeper meaning through the esoteric. But now you can kind of start picking things out even easier. Yeah. We are like, Oh, okay, this is interesting how, um, this isn't covered or this is sort of, you know, ignored or, you know, um, the timeline on when this, this story or this idea came about wasn't intermingled with the timeline of something like the King James version of the Bible. Um, you know, and so we'll, we'll kind of start, keep doing this this sort of i don't know how to pick picking apart i should say of and reassembling of of these ideas and and hopefully you know just uh help be that guiding lantern as you're talking about with others you know when we when we talk about this because this knowledge that we bring about isn't just so we can just talk and talk and talk it's obviously you know something we've said since the beginning it's just a you know, unify this idea of, you know, what we do here in the flesh and how we ascend to the above as we are still in the below, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Beautiful. No, I I love that, man. And, you know, just as like a side note too, just to remember that, that little red devil archetype that we have in our mind when we think about the Christian devil, that was a byproduct of the Crusades because the Crusaders actually went down and when they were connecting with the Islamic mystics down there, they're like, oh, you don't have this little red devil thing, which is like a combination of oh, Mars right. and Saturn. They're like, oh, you need to get this. You can scare the shit out of some sheep with this. Yeah. And that's exactly, unfortunately, what they did. And they they created a whole entity from it. And, and it we're still dealing with that. And, you know, it's just so funny because, like, isn't it funny now that our generation needs to solve that puzzle that was created and how everything's connected? Um, and this whole universe is just this really large operation. Um, but here we go. We find ourselves trying to heal the blood of our ancestors with um, some of this, you know, maybe if it was a mistranslation or it could actually be obfuscation of the actual idea that we kind of have to unfold and uncover. 
Well, that's the the brilliance of the time that, or what's brilliant about the time we live in right now, rather, is that you know we have the ability to sort of look in between the lines, but also back it with information that um, is still relatively available. And right. I think that it's it's you, you nail it once again on the head when you say, you know, this is the time to sort of bring these things forward and sort of give ourselves the credit that we don't give ourselves because. You know, people sort of don't really, I think, you know, our, our mental capability, right? So, like, our the space that we have for the things that we would like to have a greater understanding are is very limited at times. And one of the things that I've come across with all these esoteric readings and all the books that I read and all the things that I sort of, like, di- take a dive into the curiosity is, like, not really understanding who and what was going on in the time when this knowledge was shared. And you've brought it up a few times where you're like, look, you had to be initiated. You had to have this sort of level of, of, of hierarchy or be in this hierarchy um, to just understand what's really actually being said and what the symbolism of all this really, you know, really meant. And for the times that people were living in back then, you know, just the vocabulary itself could just be a weapon against, you know, humanity because it's like, no, you're limited on what you have an understanding of. So we're going to manipulate your emotional state to make you basically a form of, of just following this path and being paralyzed when we need you to be paralyzed. And right now we're kind of like breaking through those shackles and sort of seeing like, well, Hey, hold on. Like, why would I feel, why would I live in fear for this idea when there's so much more to uncover about myself and the world around me? But, you know, again, we've talked about this before as the walls come down, there's, they're still building them right next to the wall that's falling. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So we, we, we do have a limited time before it's all taken from us again and the language is completely corrupted once again and you know how you go about your um, purpose here um will have misdirection right we'll just know, be all, all a bunch around. of like farting emojis exactly yeah. <laughs> so um well man i you know i know we were we were always wondering how this conversation was going to plan out and um again like we said we've just barely scratched the surface right. so if this is something you're interested in um let's kind of keep going because we're going to kind of break down more of the Gnostic viewpoint and just this, the story of Lucifer even deeper. Cause this is again, like everything in the Bible, the story of us. Right. And um, yeah, it needs to, we need to make amend with this, this shadow of our I know, man. I cultural got a, past. Got a lot of work to do. Um, anything else you want to add to that? I love you. I love you too, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, solid, man. Good to see you on this Friday. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this this year on the next coming weeks, obviously with with the next few episodes. But obviously, the season isn't over until May, right? Um, so we have we have quite a bit of things to. I wonder to, if I'm going to drink too much wine at our second birthday party, like I did at the first one. Oh, I can't wait, man! It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. We'll have we'll we'll do something special. That would be our, good yeah, pinata. we should do something real special. Pinata? Yeah. yeah. That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Well, Just you put know. a bunch of like Manly P. Hall pamphlets in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And cool rocks. Yeah, we should do we should do pinatas once a week, actually. Now that Cinco I think de Mayo, it. man. There we go. So, um, cool. Well, until next time. Until next time. Awesome.